the Saturday session cricket update. Thanks to Razine for expert paint and colour advice. It's been a long time coming, silence all that drumming, showing that it wasn't just a dream. Beating all the rest tonight, proving they're the best tonight, the greatest team to wear the baggy green. Pigeons pounding down like a machine. Like a machine. Dizzy, scaring, Dizzy, scaring batsmen looking mean. Gilly's, Gilly's getting weak hits. Hunter's clearing pickets. Warney's just the best we've ever seen. Come on, Aussie, come on. Come on. Welcome to Swinging Both Ways, your cricketing show here on SENZ with Razine. Razine for expert paint and colour advice. Yes, Australia retain the ashes. Australia are the World Test champions. Let's not forget that, Grant Elliott. This is I-Roll next to me. Yeah, well done. Well done, them. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean... The Ashes is behind us, and I'm already miss, missing it. But the thing is, it was 2 all. This, is, this feels like the Cricket World Cup. It was a tie. When 2 Degrees sent me a gift in my post box, and it said, on the tie, it said, it was a tie. And it had the England flag and the New Zealand flag, and they're like, please, can you put that on social, social media? And Owen Morgan, the captain, actually commented. What did he say? Um, he said something about a song. He, he put a title of a song. We are the champions, I think. Oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, but... Classy from an Irishman. But you heard Harry Brook. Harry Brook, he said, you know, we won the... It was the moral victory. And yeah, we touched on that last week. Yeah. Not much moral... Not, not too many moral victories. No. I, but do they, do they forget the first two tests? Do they not count? Listen, the first two tests, we still... We go back to that declaration... But what I will say is this really does set things up for the Ashes in Aussie. And I heard Tim Payne, former captain of uh, Australia, talking on SENZ. And he was saying, if, I, if he was the curator um, and coach for the Australian team with England travelling to Australia, he would produce absolute green mumbers in Australia. So wickets that would just seam and bounce because he doesn't think that the English batsman would be able to cope with it technically. And he said that that's why they, they produced flat wickets in, in England. So the thing is, though, if the, the wickets were flat, you know, like he said, and I think they were relatively, they're bad as paradises, it produced a great series. Yeah, so why would you change that? The scores weren't ridiculous. No, they weren't. No, because Australia will want to win. They won't worry about the spectacle. Well, Australia bat at let's call it 3.2 and over, and then England bat at 3.7, 3.8 and over, they're pushing the game on. Yeah. And that's the, the whole theory behind, you know, what they call... Am- amazing. Ent- ball. Yeah, amazing entertainment all around. So just sort of bravo, so bravo to Australia and England is, is what we want to say. I know last week, um, the, you know, where the Ashes was going was already locked up, but, you know, impressive for England to claw back down to nil. Um, you know, rain interrupting one of those tests could have could have been 3-2, but, you know, time is a factor, weather is a factor in cricket. You've got to take those on board. Could have um, been 4-1 to England. Well, you, but it could have been 5-4-0 to Australia. Oh. They're, all, they're all tight-ish. There's that one, that one obvious... No, there's a, they won the first one fair and square, but then the second one, it was, you know, the declaration and, you know. Um, but they won. Then there was the rain. They did win it. Yeah. They did win it. Yeah. 
the others were tight too. Just just awesome series. Um, in the wash up though, uh, they had points deducted in the World Test Championship. <laughs> uh, England were uh, handed a massive nineteen point penalty after they were found nineteen over short across the five matches. Two in the first, nine in the second, nine in the second, three in the fourth, and five in the fifth test. Uh, and the Australians also copped quite a substantial um, penalty for slow over rates, didn't they? I think they were hit with 10 points for being 10 over short um, in the fourth test. Um, Usman Kawaja taking to social media, don't even get the chance to bowl on the second innings at Manchester due to two days of rain and the IC still finds and takes 10 World Test Championship points off us for slow over rates. That makes a lot of sense, uh, hand across the face emoji. Yeah, but... Wow, Usman, you did have three days prior to that to keep up with the overrates. That's the whole point about overrates. We want you to to have a good rate every over. Because we, the fans, um, are sick and tired of being shortchanged. Like, this this series is amazing. But we could have had even more overs. Yeah. We could have had even more entertainment. And, I, and I've used this analogy. It's like um, it's like at the football World Cup, the players after ninety minutes go, "No, had enough. No, I'm not playing the extra time. We're not playing the added time. We were supposed to finish at this time. We're wandering off. No other sport does it. No other sport does it that I can think of. But if there wasn't ever like a warning shot because they didn't make the finals of the World Test Championship yeah. the first time it was played because this, of overrate. This, yeah, but this ain't going to change the product on the field, Grant. Ah. Uh, I don't think it's going to change the product on the field. Until you actually um, come up with something, I think, in the context of the actual game. What if, if you're ten, like nine overs behind, say the la- there's 25 minutes to go, you, you have to take off two players and you can only field with eight and a wicketkeeper. Mm. Yeah, I know what you're getting at, but I think that this is a great way of, I, I think deducting points is a good way because well, we've seen that Australia were grizzling right. about not making the finals you know in the previous World Test Championship because of a slow overrate and that's yeah that's true you know I think that that does speed the players up and that makes them aware so I hope you're right well you've got more faith than I do and I, and I hope you are right because oh, I'm sick and tired of talking about overrates it seems like <laughs> 20 years covering this game um, nothing has really been done about it where else should we turn but uh, in both ways, Grant. Well, or is well, there something else you want to mention about? Well, I just want to. I just want to mention you always. You look at the the wash up of the players that excelled, and you look at the top run scorers, and you know featuring in the top four there in terms of volume of runs. Um, you've got Kawaja, Smith, Head, and Labuschagne, um, and and Warner. So that's for the Aussie team. Um, you know, they and no one was no one was super prolific, and that's why these games were so great because the scores were like two fifty, three fifty. Um, there's the odd exception, of course. You know, England getting that big five hundred total and in, in the test that was rained out, but no one was massively prolific because it was such an evenly matched series, bat v ball. It was you know the the attacks, especially once Wood came into England, he changed everything. Yeah, Wood and, 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 and losing and losing Lyon. Yeah. Hello. And and Leach as well. So I think, you know, the, the top run scorers for Aussie were, um, even though they were, were prolific, and Usman Kawaja was top with Zach Crawley coming in second and Joe Root third. So 496 for Usman Kawaja, 480 for Zach Crawley and Joe Root 412. 
I think that Aussie will probably say that their big guns didn't really fire Steve Smith and Labuschagne. Yeah, hundred. Um, so, but that, that's like that's half of what Don Bradman got. Yeah, the best Ashes series. So they're not massive numbers. No, them. not big numbers. And and especially when I mentioned that Tim Payne said they were flat wickets. So it shows you the quality of cricket, quality of bowling. And then when we look at the top wicket takers, I mean, we have to give an honourable mention to Stuart Broad. Retiring. Yeah. Last ball, hitting a six yeah. with the blade. And then last ball that he bowled was getting a wicket and winning cool. a cool. game against the, uh, the Aussies in an Ashes Fantastic. full house. Fantastic. I mean, the listeners out there, have you finished your last game of club footy or indoor cricket or whatever it is on a high? I'd love to hear what the perfect high has been. I think Brendan McCullum comes to mind where he finished, you know, he retired with 100. Sir, Sir Richard took a test book at his last test ball. Did he? Mm-hmm. And uh, Jacques Callis got 100 at Kingsmead. You know, you think of those players where they have a, you know, fairy tale ending to their career. I think um, Stuart Broad really did sign off in style. Amazing. He's bowled over 50,000 deliveries of first class cricket. <laughs> oh, that hurt. My back just went into spasm. <laughs> Incredible servant. 604 test wickets, brilliant. Over 3,500 test runs too. How many first class wickets did you say? Well, he's got 952. Oh, you want to keep going. That's one more county circuit, isn't it? (laughs) Has he he retired from all cricket, Stuart Broad? All international cricket, I thought. Oh, so maybe he he might do an Alistair Cook. Well, Alistair Cook's still still going. Pulling his boots, isn't he? Before he goes, does does some lambing back back on his little... There's a little farm, brilliant stuff. So that is the uh, the wash-up. Hey, what's happening at RCB? Oh, okay, so I did see that Mike Hessen, who was director of cricket, is finished at RCB. And it looks like Andy Flower will be the head coach. Uh, so that there's a little bit of a change there in IPL. They, they made playoffs three out of the four times, but didn't lift the trophy, RCB. That's a pretty uh, good record, isn't it? They had a great team, though. Like, you look at the team that they had, uh, Royal Challengers Bangalore under Mike Hessen. At one stage, they had Chris Gale. I think Brendan McCullum was sitting on the sideline, and they had uh, A.B. de Villiers and Virat Kohli in their top three. <laughs> so, you know, you look at that team, and, and I guess the results that they've produced, they had Mitchell Stark as well there at one stage. But, yeah, they haven't quite, I guess that's the owner saying, listen, well, we want to Win the trophy. That's pretty high standards, though, isn't it? Well, you made the playoffs three out of four years. It's yeah, pretty solid. But maybe, maybe uh, IPL cricket's going to become like uh, Premier Premiership uh, football, where you know you lose a couple and you're ousted halfway through the tournament. I yeah. don't know. And then players retire at 27, moving to Saudi Arabia. Could quite well be the case. <laughs> uh, Kane, will, oh, don't do this to me, Grant. Yeah, Kane I know. Williamson's back in the nets. He was injured what four months ago. He's not going to be fit. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Everyone said there's no chance, but now, I don't know. It's about nine months at the at the, the low end to recover from an ACL. The reports are... Emily Longo was about eight, nine, ten months yeah. got to a football World Cup. The reports are he's not where he wants to be, but he was in the nets, he was batting, there's still a little bit of movement. I don't know if this is just a little teaser to all those fans out there, because I feel that, you know, the Grant Elliott... Uh, squad of 15 that's likely to change um, every sort of month is it could be changing again just when I'd locked in uh, Daryl Mitchell into three so I'd locked him in at three and now uh, they're teasing us saying that Kane Williamson is back in the nets and he was looking good 
I mean, I know it was social media, but I watched some of the, the shots that he was hitting, and it was like Kane at his best. And we've got a little text oh, from Rory. Oh, no, no, no. This leads us. Have we got a drum roll? Have we, have we got some dramatic <laughs> music, Finn? We need, we need some drama, because Grant has brought it up. I was going to surprise it on him based on uh, Rory's uh, text message. Rory texted in about 20 minutes ago. Hello, Rory. He did ask, what does Grant think? Who does Grant think will be our openers for the Cricket World Cup? So that brings us to our very favourite game here on uh, Swigging Both Ways in association with Rosine. It is time for Grant Elliott's current but very likely to change and often World Cup 11. Well, if I look at your screen here, Daniel, that you've, you know, you've noted down exactly with my bracketed players. This was your last team. The last team Grant announced was Allen and Young bracketed. Conway, Mitchell, Phillips, Latham, Nishan, Foxcroft, bracketed. Um, that was straight after the news of Michael Bracewell's injury. Um, Santner, Sodi, Southey, bracketed. Ferguson, Henry, and Bolt. It hasn't changed at all. And I'm just saying, you know, as soon as uh, you know I mean? Bracewell you know, got injured. You know to start typing K-A-N-E in there? Well, not tempted. there is one change. There is one change. But I want to uh, make note to Foxcroft. Foxcroft has been selected. Uh, for the Black Caps, which is great. So I saw that when Bracewell got injured, he was the immediate replacement. Bowls off spin, for those people that don't know him, and he's quite a conventional hitter of the ball. He's more of a kind of Daryl Mitchell-type player than Michael Bracewell, who just, you know, he can really Real push the run rate on and be quite destructive, um, but gives a little bit of balance. So I think he is a good choice, but I think we can, have can to... play both sides of the wickets? Yep, yeah, he can. And uh, I think we're going to have to bracket Daryl Mitchell with uh, Kane Williamson. Oh, steady on. And if, and if Kane Williamson does get in, it means that Finn Allen misses out and Will Young it will open with Devin Conway. Oh, so that answers no, no, your no, question, no, 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 no. Rory. So, so you're bracketing Kane Williamson again? Yeah, well, just because he's injury. But so concern. if he comes in at three, where does Daryl Mitchell go? No, well, uh, he'll just slide down the order and then someone like uh, Phillips might miss out or you just don't play the oh. all-rounder. Oh, see, so that means you're yeah. going to have to double bracket it. Double bracket. You're going to have to double bracket. If you're bracketing Williamson and Mitchell, you're going to have to bracket Phillips and Mitchell. I think that then you? then you look I, at the all-rounder I, I position. That would be correct, wouldn't it? Finn's not even listening again. No. He, he's, he's lasted three hours and four minutes. Cocked out after a great debut. Completely given, given up the ghost. After Skippy that. Sinclair. Three, three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, nicked off in the second innings. Listen, to answer your question, Kane obviously slots into three. Daryl Mitchell goes to four. And then um, you look at that Nisham Foxcroft and you go, well, you have to sacrifice the all-rounder uh, for the extra batter. Or do you go with the extra bowler? So, oh, so, so there's a four-person bracket. Phillips, Mitchell, Nisham, Foxcroft, if Williamson plays. Oh, this is fantastic. What another exciting, magnificent episode of Grant Elliott's current but very likely to change in often World Cup eleven. Known uh, around social media now as G-E-C-B-V-L-T-C-A-O-W-C-T. What does that stand for? Well, Grant Elliott's current, but very likely to change, and often World Cup um, team. I need to get that on social media, yeah. Uh, yeah. Finn. Just my C-V-B-L-T, whatever it was. There you go. <laughs> Brilliant. People hanging off every single word as you flip-flop like a politician in an election year. And I'm here for every second of it. I love it. Um, I too share the same um, team. What's this, Grant? <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
lots of you know that whiteout stuff you got. I've got it. It's lots of um. <laughs> now the name it. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh dear, don't do it. Don't do it to me. Don't do it. Don't do it to us. The Kane Williamson. Yes. So you're telling me there's a chance. All right, that was swinging both ways with Rosine. Time to paint. Get a quality finish with Rosine Paints. Decorating Kiwis homes since 1946. Uh, we will take a short break. We're going to talk some netball and football with someone who knows netball and football very, very well. We're going to catch up with former Central Pulse defender and captain and, of course, uh, former football fern. She was in the squad for the 2015 World Cup in Canada. Uh, Kusha Lichwak uh, joining us after this break.